Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Excited to be here. With that being said, you know I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does Wiggins drives across midcourt. Andrew lets it fly at the buzzer for the win. All right, let's jump right in to this edition of the Howl. And I think we can all agree this is going to be one fantastic show as we're able to touch on one of the most impressive Wolves victories we've had in, I mean, in a long time. One of the most impressive victories we've seen in the entire history of the franchise. This was the first game that, let's see, the best way to put this was when I watched this, to me it felt like that Clippers game for you know, from a couple of years ago when we started really putting this roster together. So it was that Clipper game right after we traded for Wancho and Beasley, D'Lo, that whole, that whole grouping. That was one of the most dominant games I've ever seen us play. And this was right up there. Now, not the same amount of threes because I believe we set the record for threes in that game. But 21 threes in this game, that is nothing to, uh, you know, nothing to, it's not a bad game, right? That's as, it's about as good as it gets. That's the bottom line. And so uh, a number of things to go over before we jump into the game. I thought there was a number of statistics that uh, were interesting prior to the start of this game, as well as just kind of stuff to go over. So Tim Rolls coming to this game ranked ninth in defensive rating. And, you know, a big part of that is they've been really, really good about getting turnovers. Can they keep that up the rest of the season? I think they can. They've shown enough for me on defense where that makes a difference. Uh, Chris Finch uh, had an interesting thing. Um, he said opponents such as Chris Paul have been complimenting Jaden McDaniels this season. He says every game, pretty much, we have some opponent coming over saying to our bench, he can really guard. Chris Paul said it the other day, who is this guy he can really guard? And Chris Paul is not the kind of guy that's just going to run over and, and talk to opposing teams and tell them how good they're playing. This tells you a lot. And uh, going into this game, there were definitely some question marks, right? Now, Seven straight wins for my or for Memphis in this series, but not only that, they've won 13 of the last 16 games against Minnesota. I think that's that's interesting. And Anthony Edwards, by the way, when he found out about this, he said, "It's due time, man. It's due time. We just owe them." You know what I'm saying? I mean, if we get a win tonight, I'll be the happiest person in America, man. Very impressive there. 
Minnesota has four players who have attempted at least 100 threes this season. That list is not shocking as it's Edwards, Beasley, Russell, and Towns. And uh, credits at Wolves Clips, they actually broke this down pretty well. So Carl Towns is shooting 47% on catch and shoot and 45% on pull-ups. Anthony Edwards, 33% on catch and shoot and 33% on pull-ups. I mean, obviously, those are some pretty consistent stats. And they've gone up, obviously, because he was fantastic to start last night's game from three. D'Angelo Russell, he has struggled, no questions asked. 28% on catch and shoot, almost 37% on pull-ups, though. And then Malik Beasley, 33% on catch and shoot and 27% on pull-ups. So very frustrating there. Not what you want to see from those guys. Here's an interesting stat they talk about during the game last night. Uh, and Jim Peterson, they call this Jim's take. I thought it was good, though. Kevin Garner has 230 games of 20, 10, and 5. So 20 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists. Or a minimum. Those are the minimums. Carl Towns has 50. Think about how impressive that is of Kevin Garnett. Just so incredibly talented. One of the best defensive rebounders that we've ever seen. One of the best rebounders we've ever seen. Now, they talked about this, and I don't think this is controversial. To me, the best rebounder we've ever seen is, is Dennis Rodman. That guy is on a whole other level. And they talked about him during the telecast last night. Just such a, just such a fantastic player. Uh, just very, very impressive. So many things to like uh, in regards to what they were able to do there. So that's cool to see. Let's jump into the action. Interesting to start this game. Kyle Anderson had a Beasley miss where it went like over the over the hoop. I don't get that we've been seeing that so much more lately in Wolves games, whether it's Beasley, whether it's Anderson, whether it's, I believe it was Halliburton did it once. It's just an odd thing. I, I don't remember seeing it, but we're seeing it constantly now. So I don't know. It's just something to kind of watch for going forward. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the change of the ball. I do think I was having a conversation earlier with some other Wolves people. And the interesting thing is when it comes to the switching of the ball, there's certain players that are still shooting at a high level, like Carl Towns, right? Steph Curry. And so maybe the difference is that, and this, someone pointed this out was maybe the difference is the difference between like a pure shooter and someone that is more of a, uh, like hot and cold or streaky shooter like a D-Lo, that sort of thing. I don't know what the answer is there. Someone else brought up maybe a player that has larger hands would have less of an issue with the feel of the ball being different because they're still going to you know, be able to control the ball the same way. I don't know what the answer is, but I definitely think the ball has played a role early in this season for some players. D-Lo makes a very tough shot, sh very tough shot shooting because he was being fouled. He doesn't yell, but he stares down the official. I just found that interesting. And in this first half... There were definitely a number of times where the refereeing was very suspect. 10-7 uh, early, Wolves on fire, but maybe not scrambling as well on defense at times to start the game. Uh, but the Grizz have also made some really tough shots. That's played into it, and that's been a consistent theme we've seen on this season is players, for what, players for whatever reason, not only just getting hot against the Wolves, but that lucky shot, uh, that's happened a lot, where players just make really difficult shots against us. So I don't know. I'm not sure what the answer is there. Overall, though, the energy to start this game was off the charts for the Wolves again. We've seen that consistently now, a number of games in a row. Hopefully they can keep that up. Uh, Beverly gets absolutely run over, no call, and the Grizz get a three instead. Bain already with two makes from three, and just like that, another player is breaking a slump against the Wolves. He had been hit shooting a stretch of six of 30 coming into the game from three, and now you're talking a guy that already has two makes. 
Towns is frustrated as another no call, but Van Van strikes again, and Edwards hits the three, 17-10. The Wolves are on top. And just like that, Bain is absolutely on fire. He hits a super deep three as the Wolves had kind of started to pull away a little bit. Bain keeps him in it. And then another no call. Towns fouled again, and he turns it over as his emotions get the best of him, sadly. He got the ball in the post, and sometimes when he is in the midst of a, a streak of plays where he feels that the referees have done him an injustice, and to be clear, they had. I watched back every single one of these plays that Towns is upset about, and every single one of them was a foul. He was not getting the calls for whatever reason. And we're talking slow motion. I went back and like slow mode all these things, and it just didn't make a difference. So incredibly frustrating. Let's just say that. So I get it. But at the same time, it, there's just no benefit to playing sloppy. And in this possession, he tries to back a guy down and then throws sort of a grenade to Vando, and it just it, it fails. It, it just absolutely fails. Edwards is all smiles after he hits his second three, and then he hits another one. Wolves are up 10, and Edwards starts three of three from the field, and specifically from three. Unfortunately, Bain answers right back as Vando fouls him on a three-point shot. Wolves could easily be up right now 15 to 20 points if the refs weren't awful and if we didn't shoot ourselves in the foot consistently. That has been a, a definite concern early on. And it, Ant, by the way, is officially on fire as well. He has joined Desmond Bain in this game. Four straight shots from three up to 12 points already. Towns is absolutely livid. He is so angry. After another non-call, he's screaming, and he hits the stanchion under the hoop, gets teed up. And again, watch it in slow motion. He's clearly pushed in the back. He has every right to be frustrated by this officiating crew, who in the first half specifically was absolutely terrible at numerous places. And after the tee, by the way, guess what? Ball doesn't lie as the free throw is missed. The interesting thing, Jim Pete talks complaining and how it doesn't work. But here's my response to that. He tried saying nothing. It wasn't a law. I'm not going to pretend that he was able to last very long. But he went like three games, four games maybe. Maybe it was two games. I don't know. He went a, a few games in a row where he just kept everything in and was trying to do the what people tell him to do, and it didn't make a difference at all. He still couldn't get calls. Refs still mistreated him. To me, it just doesn't matter, and I don't know what it's going to take for that to change, unfortunately. I just don't know because he's tried talking to the officials. That doesn't matter. If you watch games, there's a lot of times at free th when, when teams are shooting free throws or our players are shooting free throws where Towns tries to have a conversation with the refs. So it's very clear he has tried the the more mature approach, and it hasn't made a single difference. So that's the only thing. I get what Jim Pete's saying, that complaining doesn't work, but all the superstars in the league do it. Why is Towns the one guy that just never gets the benefit of the doubt? I just don't get that. Edwards make it 5 of 5 from 3, and the biggest lead now 11 with 3 minutes to go in the first. Nas Reed ends up coming in and already making a massive impact on this game. So impressive, whether it's getting a block, whether it's scoring. He did so much in this game. And it brings up the point that when we were missing him last game, it makes a big difference. We are a much better team when we have Nasri. And that's because we do not have a lot of depth in terms of size players. There's not a lot of guys that have that size, and Nasri is so incredibly important. Plus, he has a similar skill set to Towns. And so when you have Carl Towns and you have, let's say, Carl Towns Light as the backup, you can run a lot of the same action. You can run a lot of those same... 
uh, plays, and, and you really don't lose a whole lot because you have a guy that can do a lot of those same things. Play D'Lo passes up a D'Lo three, drives and dishes, and it's a 13-point game. And you see plays like that, and it's definitely a step in the right direction to fixing D'Lo. Ant then is able to get a dunk. He has 17, and the Wolves are now up to 15. They are Sorry, they are up 15 points in this game. Grizz have had some very, very fortunate bounces and luck in this game so far. I didn't think there was any way this could continue. There was a play where we should have easily had an offensive rebound. It bounced off the rim funny, and so I think it might have been Vando had a bad angle, tries to hit it, and it ends up basically just bouncing right to Tyus Jones for a wide-open three. Plays like that have been consistently hurting the Wolves on the season, and there's nothing you can do. It's not an effort thing. We boxed out really well in this game. We played we played a lot of our weaknesses as strengths in this game, I felt like, and sometimes this just happens. Towns uh, ends up getting taken out earlier than normal, and then we see D'Lo and Ant together. With D'Lo, actually, he had actually taken an earlier break, which is common, but Towns a lot of times will play the whole first quarter. That didn't happen this time. And then Wolves, this is kind of interesting. They talk about this. Wolves were able to hit 40 points in that first quarter, and that is their fourth 40-point quarter of the season after the Beasley Corner 3. And I believe that that is tops in the NBA, if I recall, they talked about this. So that was kind of interesting. And then at the end of the quarter, Anthony Edwards goes for the sixth make, which would have tied the record set in the 90s by James Hollywood Brown. But unfortunately, he ends up losing it. Doesn't get it off. But 40-23 to 23 after the first quarter. How about this? John Morant with zero points. That is not, you're not hearing me wrong. He had zero points. But credit, credit Desmond Bain. Where would this team be without him? As he had 14 points and was able to break out of his shooting slump. To me, and I touched on this earlier, but I, I wrote it down. I'm going to bring it up again. This really felt like that Clipper game when this team was first assembled. And the Wolves are now up 24 points in the second quarter. Clark fouls McDaniels, no call, and then he gets the board and McDaniels gets called. But again, ball doesn't lie, and Clark misses a free throw. So that's been a common theme in this game. That ends up, then Jaden, uh, not that long after that, gets his third foul. He had some tough calls in this game. I think he's clearly getting better in terms of being smarter on defense uh, and not getting some maybe, I don't know if silly fouls, but over-aggressive fouls would be the best way to put it. 8.41 to go in the second, so really unfortunate he's already in foul trouble, but I do feel like we're seeing steps in the right direction there, and he's had a couple, you know, he's had some difficult calls. We've talked about this in the past. I do think that if you're a referee and it's kind of a 50-50 thing, you're thinking, well, Jaden McDaniels, the guy that fouls, we're going to give him that call, and I can understand that, but he definitely seems to miss out on opportunities where I think better def good defense is being uh, translated into fouls, unfortunately. Another appearance from the Prince of Threaves. Prince of Threaves, by the way, I am going to get that actually trending. We are going to find a way to get the broadcast guys to use it, fans to use it. I think this should catch on. Uh, another productive game from him in many facets uh, so far in this one. And how about this? I would love to get any of the calls the Grizzlies got in this game. I get that the Wolves dominated this game pretty much from start to finish. But how much better would that first half have even been had they started getting calls? 
overall in the game, I'm not, I don't think it was a problem necessarily in the second half. But in that first half, I just felt like the the, the Grizzlies got a ton of very friendly whistles with a 20-10 to 10 board advantage. They come in worst in the league in defensive rebounding, but lately they're trending up for sure. We're starting to see better effort on the defensive glass. Just box guys out. It's not that difficult. Box guys out. Bev able to hit a three, and just like that, the lead is up to 26. Wolves 12 of 17 from three so far. One interesting thing in the first half, why is it that Steven Adams gets calls, but Towns doesn't? I don't. That's something I just don't understand because Steven Adams complains to officials. We've all seen him do it. Not that, not that he does it a ton necessarily, but he's also not a high-usage player. So he's not going to have as many opportunities, but, but he'll complain to an official just like anybody else. Why is he getting calls? I, I find that fascinating anyways. And uh, just like that, another no-call, Towns. Jim Pete thinks the refs feel Towns is trying to bait them. But watch these fouls back. They're legitimately fouls. Absolutely. And then he finally gets a call. Ref almost tees him up, almost throws him out of the game for celebrating the, the call actually being made. It was kind of a celebration and a sarcastic joy over finally getting a call. I'm very pleased that the referee did not throw him out. I could sort of understand the urge to do it. But again, it's not about you. If you're a referee, it's not about you. It's about the players. No one came to that game to see the referees. Sometimes they make it about them. I'm just glad that they didn't in this instance. 32, and how about this? Since Towns got that technical foul, 32-14, to 14, the Wolves are winning uh, that stretch. And then with five to go in the first half, John Morant, no joke, scores his first points of the game. Incredibly impressive defensive effort on John Morant, whether it was Edwards, whether it was Patrick Beverly. So many players stepped up to stop John Morant. By the way, John Morant leads the NBA in point paints, in paint points. He drives right around 20 times a game, and he averages about 15 points a game in the paint. So that was incredible. You're talking about a guy that is the best in the league at something, and we were able to shut him down basically from start to finish. Towns then gets his third foul in that second quarter, and it is, it's is—it's absolutely a foul. He's upset about it, but I think he's more upset about the fact that he can't buy a call no matter what, but anytime he even looks at a guy wrong, it's a foul. But here's the deal. Generally, Towns does foul guys. The issue isn't Towns getting called for fouls. It's guys getting called for fouls on Towns. That's the issue. And unfortunately, sometimes that gets lost because like in this instance, Towns gets upset. It was a foul. It was absolutely a foul. I just have to preface the fact that I understand where his frustration comes from, though. And just like that, the Wolves, though, are up 27 points. That is the biggest lead of the game for the Timberwolves. Wolves still, you know, as the second quarter starts to wind down, Towns got pulled because we we're up by so much. He's in foul trouble. Let's see if we can maintain without him. And Nas Reed have been playing well. Towards that end of that second quarter it did get a little sloppy and despite that the Wolves were able to hold on to that really big lead that's the difference right between like let's say a 30 point lead and an 18 point lead is that you make a, a few mistakes all of a sudden it's 10 and if you're the opposing team you just feel like you got a shot right well if you go from 27 to 20 you're like wow I just put in all this effort it it, it was that difficult to move the needle and we're still down 20 that's the biggest difference when you're talking about a monster lead versus a big lead is a lot of it's a mental game vando and nas though fantastic defense they had this amazing stretch where they both got a block were able to get the stop the wolves on the season are fourth in the nba in blocks at six per game 
Let that sink in, how impressive that has been. Two minutes to go in the half, and D'Lo takes his first D'Lo shot. And I blame myself. I'm watching the game saying, man, this is pretty cool. We haven't actually seen any of those D'Lo shots. And then not a minute later, and he takes one. But still an improvement. At this point in the last game, I believe we were at five D'Lo shots already. So I feel like we're stepping, taking steps into the right direction as I'm watching this game. The lead gets back to 27 as Ant is 8 of 8 in this game after a nice dunk. And they make it 29 and then make it 31 as Van Man is unreal. Gets a steal, behind the back dribble, passes it to Beverly, who then hits him for the alley-oop, and it is an 8-0 run. Again, Wolves up 31 points in the first half. Dilo plays some fantastic defense on Ja, but unfortunately Ja gets a superstar call. Bottom line, though, end of the first half was all Wolves. 72-43 to 43 is your score at the half. Starting in that second half, though, Bain, a 5-0 run, helped by a completely illegal screen on Adams on Vando. Vando is pleading to the officials to start doing his job. And just like that is a 24-point game, so they've jumped up 7 points. 17 points in the game so far for the Wolves off 9 turnovers. Very impressive to be able to uh, score off turnover. That has not been something we've been consistently good at. Uh, it's good to see that we're able to do that here. We've been consistent at getting turnovers. We just haven't been consistent at scoring off those turnovers. Dilo, though, struggling at the line in this game. Already three misses, and we're early in, in the second half. So there's a lot of basketball left, and already three misses at the free throw line. 80-52, to 52, though, is your score with 8.41 to go in the third. Another missed call as Towns clearly gets fouled on a drive. And Jim and Dave can't believe it. And he almost it looks like he almost got hurt. And you watch this game, and the Wolves are absolutely destroying the Grizzlies. And you say, what would the score be if the refereeing wasn't bad? 8.24 to go. Wolves in the bonus already. That's crazy. So, yes, I feel like the Wolves got the raw end of many, many foul calls both going both ways. But at the same time, the Grizzlies were still following a ton in this game. Despite all that, we were so we're getting calls, and it could have been even more uh, on top of what we already had. Let's make it 82 to 52 shortly after that. And then 85 to 52, Wolves on top 33 points and very close to their season high lead of 35 points. Defense has been absolutely phenomenal in this game. John Morant, one of seven. And who else has absolutely shut down John Morant? What other team was able to do that? As a, as a John Morant fantasy owner, not many. This has been one of the most impressive defensive performances we've seen and that we've ever seen from the Timberwolves as a team. And then Towns with an absolutely incredible step back three. And just like that, the Wolves already have 90 points, 90 to 52, biggest lead of the season. D'Lo, another three, this time from the corner. And it feels like this has been his best game offensively. Some might say that's a low bar, but it just seemed like a very complete game. He was efficient, take good shots, pass the ball well. So many things we've been asking for him to do, I felt like he did. And someone actually pointed this out, that you know when you look at across the league and you compare D'Lo to others, that D'Lo shot is something he's really been successful at. But this season, he's not, he's not making that at a high enough clip. And by that, I mean he almost never makes it. I mean, he's also missed a lot from wide open. To me, let's just, for now, let's get that out of your game. Let's get rid of the D'Lo shots, and let's play a little more in control. And in this game, he did that. And then D'Lo, a heat check three, but he makes it, and the Wolves are up 42 points. D'Lo, though, then takes another D'Lo shot, but the Wolves keep the ball, and after the runner hit by D'Lo, he has 28 points. 
And with 4.42 left in the third quarter, how about this? The Wolves hit 100 points already, 156. This game almost did not feel real. The Wolves were so impressive. But I felt myself still getting mad when J-Mac came in over Leo. To me, that's something that just doesn't make any sense. Uh, there was a review in this game where Carl Towns went to the hoop and there was uh, he went for the shot and then he ends up uh, he felt he was fouled. I don't think he was. It didn't. He was claiming he got hit in the head. I didn't see that at all. But what I did see on the replay, first of all, Carl Towns was the one that knocked it out. There's no question about that. So that was what was challenged. Here's my problem: when Carl when Carl Towns is going out for the shot, uh, Brandon Clark is hanging on the rim. That's a that's a um, that's goaltending. Like that's goaltending. You can't do that. That's that's a that's a problem. And so if you're able to go to the replay, I don't see any reason why you can't make that call there. So they do end up changing the call. They give the ball to the Grizzlies. But if you see that, you should be able to do something about that as well. That's a that's a change in the league that I think needs to be made. Is that anything you see, you should be able to make a change. Towns, we noticed in uh, one of the recent games that he just was abysmal when it came to passing. But in this game, he showed off just incredible passing. Specifically, how about a spinning pass where he was near the hoop, throws it out to Beasley, and Beasley hits the three in the corner. This was an incredible sequence. So much fun to watch. My only concern is Towns is, has been successful, let's say, the last two games making passes like this. Is it really the right play long term? When you're playing a better team, if Towns is still going to try passes like that, it's not going to probably work. So... I just have concerns there, but for, for tonight, for that game, I was very pleased. It was a lot of fun to watch. 113-71 to 71 after three, and that ties the franchise record of points scored through three quarters. Early in the fourth, and Jaden gets his fifth foul. The thing to keep in mind is some of his calls have been a little tough, and that's been a consistent thing we've seen over the last stretch of games. Overall, we're seeing improvements. He's definitely getting better about not fouling as much. Beasley... Unfortunately, has been ice cold uh, since he came back into the game. Was not able to continue that hot start he had in that first half. Jaden fouls out with 7.52 to go, but it didn't really matter because we're making changes either way. Knight comes in, Noel comes in, and Lehman comes in, but still no Leo, unfortunately. Knight absolutely impressing in this game. I challenge people to watch closer on the defensive end. I didn't watch it close enough. I, I caught it a little bit. I didn't necessarily thought he stuck out in terms of being bad on that end, but I know that that has been an issue in his game, so something to kind of watch for. And then Leo comes in with 6.52 to go. So glad we get to watch some Barbosa. If you have not been watching the Iowa Wolves, he has been absolutely dominating. And he is active on the glass early in his stint. Two quick boards, but also a bad pass for a turnover. So it's one of those things where there's going to be growing pains as young players are getting their feet wet in their NBA career in terms of just getting whatever minutes that they end up getting, even if this is garbage time. Interesting stat, Wolves 25 blocks over the last three games. Very impressive there. And garbage time, sure. But Bomaro, Knight, and Noel have all looked really good in this game. J-Mac, I got to give him credit. He was also impressive in garbage time too. But guess what? We already knew that. He, he can do that. He can go to the G League and dominate, right? He can play well against your end-of-bench guys. It's when he actually has a significant role where he struggles. I don't want him to be anything more than an emergency point guard, but he's proven that he can't even be that because the problem is in the emergency where you need him, he can't perform. 
that's a problem. But overall, a fantastic game from pretty much everybody, and you love to see it. Final score, 138-95. to Largest margin of victory in the league this year. And unfortunately, the rest of the world didn't seem to care. ESPN didn't talk about it. NBA.com didn't talk about it. Really unfortunate that that wasn't a bigger storyline. We're in Minnesota, and unfortunately, the national media just doesn't care. And now it's time we'll go over some stats as well as some quotes uh, for after this game. Uh, interesting thing here, Wolves three-point shooting over the last two games. So versus San Antonio, a 21-6 edge, 63-18 to in terms of points. Versus Memphis, a 20-9 edge, 60-27. to So that's a 41-15 to edge in made threes. With the points being 123 to 45, a 75 point, sorry, 78 point advantage, and uh, credit real Super Dave uh, at SuperStats Dave on Twitter. Uh, that's where I saw that, and super impressive there. Uh, you love to see it. D'Angelo Russell, a uh, nice quote after the game. He says, "I think we can beat any team. I'll take our five against any five. I'll take our bench against any bench, and I'll take our coach over any coach." I th- will say, when it comes to potential, I completely agree with him. Any game you go into, I think this Wolves team could win. The problem is consistency. We have not gotten consistency. So what's it going to take to get that consistency from this Timberwolves team? It seems like we're at least trending in the right direction. Can we keep it up? Uh, Some interesting Timberwolves notes uh, in this game. So Anthony Edwards erupted for 17 of his 23 points in the game in the first quarter, shooting 6 of 6 from the field, including 5 of 5 from deep, which was all in the first quarter. And according to the Live Sports Bureau, since the 97-98 season, Edwards is the first Timberwolves player to go 5-of-5 five five or better from beyond the arc in a first quarter. I felt this was interesting. So the Timberwolves ended up leading this entire game. So a wire-to-wire victory. And it marks... Uh, the con- So that's consecutive games winning wire-to-wire. The fifth time since play-by-play began recording in the 97-98 season that the Wolves have been able to do that. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, the Timberwolves, by the way... They have a defensive rating of 99.1 in the 281 minutes that Carl Towns, D'Angelo Russell, and Anthony Edwards have shared the floor this season. And of the 98 three-man units in the NBA who have shared the floor for 250-plus minutes, that Wolves trio ranks third. Uh, Sorry, that Wolves trio ranks eighth, I should say. Sorry. I'm looking at this, and actually some of it is... So Denver actually has three of the lineups on that list. So if you were to say that Denver just counts as one team, if you look at it that way, that puts the Wolves at sixth, I want to say. No, because Chicago's on here twice. So actually, we'd be fifth. One, two, three, four, yeah, five. We'd be fifth if you if you talk about just teams that are in that that those top spots. So pretty impressive there. A lot to like about this Wolves win. A lot to like about this Wolves team right now. They're firing on all cylinders. Another interesting stat... Tonight was only the 38th game that all three of Carl Towns, Russell, and Edwards have played. How about that? That's something you wouldn't expect. And as Daymore pointed out, also, 367 days ago is when Anthony Edwards was drafted. So it's been just over a year. We just had the anniversary of his draft. So some interesting stats, to say the least. Uh, how about this? The Timberwolves, they sank 21 three-pointers in that game versus Memphis on the heels of a 21-49 of night from beyond the arc against the Spurs. It's the 25th time in NBA history a team has connected on 20-plus threes in consecutive games. No team has ever put together three such games in a row. So Monday night versus the Pelicans, can the Wolves be the first team in NBA history to be able to put three such games together in a row? That's going to be interesting to watch. 
This was such an impressive victory from so many different players. Right now, this this stretch. Now, granted, the Kings game wasn't good. Let's not pretend that it was, but you still got to win. And good teams find ways to get wins even when they don't have it. Wolves have historically not done that, so very impressive there. That's going to do it for this edition of The Howl. You've been listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. We are The Howl, your source for Timberwolves Radio news and notes. If you missed any of this show on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel, we can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether that's Stitcher, whether that's Spotify, iTunes, Castos. We are available on all those different locations. And until next time, let me get a howl.